Life is full of personal wins. Whether it's cleaning your house, getting that dream car, or checking off your to-do list, winning at life is a great feeling. And with the State Farm Personal Price Plan, you can keep winning when you create an affordable price just for you by bundling home and auto. So give yourself a round of applause. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with a personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Hey guys, the Nerds Podcast number 455. Hey Jonah Ray. Hey. Hey Chris. I, I love having you in a semi-hostful intro. Matt Myra's not here. He's working on At Midnight at the moment. He's working all the time these days. He is. Yeah, yeah. Not me. Living a life. <laughs> What's What life? Oh, just fucking zen life. It's great. What fucking zen life? It's great. I just am happy, relaxed. Yeah, it's very nice. Money in the bank, job coming up. Got nothing else to do. It's great. What do you do all day? I write, go on walks, I exercise. I see movies that I've been meaning to catch up on, old classics that I haven't gone around to. I don't understand. If your calendar doesn't tell you you need to be somewhere with a corresponding color code, how do you know where you're supposed to be? Because <laughs> <laughs> you're just supposed to be. <laughs> <laughs> okay, for the listeners at home, you can't see the small spin wheel pinning and spinning in front of my face. <laughs> no, it's been great. No, I, no, I, think it. I'm well, I hope you come back on at midnight, which is back January 6th. You can probably, uh, you know, just have me on. You don't have to say you hope. I'd imagine that you can have some sway in me coming back on. Oh, it's a big a bunch of executive producers. Oh, really? really? Yeah. Third month? Big committee, yeah. <laughs> yeah, have me on a third month. Cool. No, no, I'd love to come back. Well, I'll tell you what, if blast. you could send in another tape, and I mean tape, like half-inch VHS. Yeah, yeah, I can do that. Send another tape of just you commenting on the internet, and yeah, yeah. we'll take your previous win on the show, mm-hmm. and, and then just weigh it against that, and we'll pass it around okay, and make good. sure we do our due diligence. People, people still bring up that we were jabbing at each other the entire time. Were we? I, I just thought, that's just I how thought we, we were just us. That's just how we are. But I guess it's because we were the only ones in the show doing that. Maybe if people don't listen to the podcast, maybe they don't know that. Maybe. Maybe. That's weird. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, if you get to come back on the show, <laughs> yeah. I'm very excited yeah. to do those pretend jabs. So many things you could fire me from if we uh, get back on that show. <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing is I can't fire you from anything. No, you, you can't. <laughs> you can make me feel unwelcome. That's a, that's a way to do it. I'd be lost without you. Hey. I really would. Hey, I'm a good barometer. I'm a good broometer. Oh, oh. All right. I, I think I'll be okay. <laughs> I think I'll be all right. Uh, you know who I'm going to thank for sponsoring this episode of the podcast? I want to go with Carbonite. You do? Yeah. Well, that's who you should go with, listener. 
This episode of the Nerdist Podcast is brought to you by Carbonite, which is online backup. Everything in your life is stored on a computer. Your life. What are you talking about? Everything in your life is stored on a computer. Yeah, everything in life is stored on a computer. Yeah. <laughs> All those walks you take, you put a, make a log of those, take Instagram pictures. You you put you take pictures and put them and store them in a hard drive somewhere. Then I keep them on the cloud. Yeah, okay, great. So that's what Carbonite would do. Oh. It would store everything. You know those you know those clouds you look at when you're on your quote unquote walks? Yes. In quote unquote nature. Uh-huh. Quote unquote relaxing. Yes. Well, there are also virtual clouds that store information, so that if you lose your hard drive, you can have all of your stuff back immediately. Plan start is just $59.99 a year. It's a better backup plan. Use the offer code NERDIS and get two bonus months of Carbonite with purchase. It just backs all your stuff up in the background so you don't even know what's happening. And then when tragedy strikes, well, bam! It's all there. Just repopulate. You have no idea that it's doing its job until you're ready to have it. That's right. It's the best insurance plan I've ever heard of. It kind of, yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. It's like it's like Kyle. It works silently in the background. <laughs> silently? My ass. Until just now. Yeah, yeah. Until just now. Kyle, you're still in your 20s. I don't think you have the right to laugh like an old Jewish man. <laughs> Kyle, Kyle, there's a ghost behind um, you. Kyle, I believe that's called shemping. Shemping, I am. <laughs> the newest craze to hit the internet's carbonite.com. Enter the promo code NERDIST. This episode is Will Forte, who uh, I don't know Will that well. We've only hung out a couple times and just in passing, and he, I, I'm very excited to talk to him about. Uh, he's We're waiting for him to get here. So we're recording this intro before the show. Um, I'm assuming he's going to be a nice guy and all the amazing things that guests are when they come on. But uh, Will Forte apparently is crushing it in Nebraska, which has been nominated for five Golden Globes. The movie, not the state. Not the state, the movie. Yeah. Although I hear Lincoln, Nebraska is a very cool place to go. I've not been there yet. There's been one place we haven't actually performed is in Nebraska. Yeah, there's a lot of places we haven't performed. I'm sure they'll say it in the comments section. Uh, (laughs) There's a lot of places you haven't performed. I Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you said we. I was for a second. I I meant the royal we. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I refer to myself in the third person. (laughs) No, no, no. That is the royal we is both of us. No, I mean me, but pl- plural me. But but with ro- royalty. I'm like a walking big love. Oh, okay, I see. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but uh, Will Forte, and I haven't seen Nebraska yet, and I feel bad that I haven't seen it yet. It looks really good. It's Alexander Payne. Yep. You know? I do know. Yeah, yeah, he's the, he just he, hot off his descendants wins. I don't know if it's hot off. That was a couple of years ago. Yeah, but like it's his next movie. Okay. Well, I would you hot know, off would be People don't like, have to put stuff out every day, Chris. They do. No, no, no. They could just go away for a bit and work on a thing and then come back. I don't understand what you're saying. Pardon me while I shout. They'll remember. <laughs> they'll, they'll remember. He goes, Chris, there's a, there's a werewolf and a mummy right behind you. <laughs> <laughs> Should I podcast them or build a show around them? <laughs> Here's Will Forte and the Nerds Podcast number 455. Still alive. Now entering Nerdist.com. I did go to UCLA. I was there uh, in 89 was my first year, and I was there until 93. 89 I was there, I got there in 88 and stayed till 93. 
damn. I would have stayed another year, but then I started working at MTV and I left. That is so funny. Oh my god, were, were you doing uh, like all the the uh, acting school, drama school stuff? No, like I was that? a philosophy major. I went into UCLA as a math major, and then I I ended up in the philosophy department. But I I was doing um, I was in this. There was a there was a group that was a stand up comedy cl- club, like not yeah. a physical club, but like a, a school club. And so I was in that group from the whole time I was there, and so we would do dorm shows and stuff. That is so. That's I, I was a history major. So I was, uh, yeah, I didn't start, I didn't start doing comedy until I, I was a, uh, worked at a brokerage firm for like two years what? after school. Yeah. I, that was what my dad did. So I just thought, <laughs> oh, that's what I'll do. do. Yeah. Were you, uh, it was, I'd heard you, were you in a fraternity? I was, a, I was a frat guy. Yeah. Lambda Chi Alpha. Now that was the sort of, that was Lambda Chi if my memory serves. In my head, the way that everything has a, a cinematic parallel, I always thought the Lambda Chi guys were like the Alpha Betas from Revenge of the Nerds. Like, weren't they the super cool girls always Wait, hanging I'm trying out? trying to think of... Oh, oh, of... Uh, I would say... Okay, I thought you were saying the... the, the uh, they were not uh, the nerds. They were like the cool kids. I thought the Lambda Chi... cool. I thought the Lambda Chi guys were like, girls always hung out at those parties, and girls would be like, Lambda Chi's are having a party tonight. I mean, it doesn't sound like you're really putting down this, or the fraternity, <laughs> it sounds like, you know, it's, I mean, it, it, yeah, guilty as charged. Hearing nice, is nice looking ladies came to our parties. <laughs> uh, yeah, you guys it are- was, You know, I, I, it, it is sometimes you feel a little embarrassed to admit that you were in a fraternity, but I had a wonderful time. It was a, you know, I, I'm still really good friends with a lot of the guys. And yes, there, certainly there were some stereotypical fraternity guys <laughs> in, in there, but there are some kind of stereotypical fraternity guys not in fraternities too. That's so true. it's like, you know, you, you know, each, it's just like your family, you know, you, you, there are some weirdos in everybody's family. Also, so I remember where the house your that house was like was it is it was it wasn't Strathmore what was that street it was uh, right it off, was Strathmore was it yeah. Strathmore right off yeah. Daly like like a couple houses in I remember yeah just from walking to campus and always seeing all these people having an amazing time hanging out the house and I like, I barely left the house I would like <laughs> I would get up each morning and sit out on the porch and eat these uh, some kind of cereal. Uh, I just remember this this bowl, this big bowl that I had, and I ate back back then. I Flake would eat based or probably three. Based? Uh, I would say usually uh, like a, a nut based, a nut based cereal. Okay, yeah. And but just... but the por- my portion sizes were so much more than than I I gained forty five pounds my freshman year. <laughs> oh shit! Of just the old like, freshman forty five. <laughs> yeah, I I uh, first of all could not be trusted at the the dorm. Cafeteria because it's just like all you can eat food. I I could not say no, and I didn't know anything. My mom, best mom in the world, but she did not teach us uh, nutritional guidelines and stuff. <laughs> so I didn't know. Just I would have starch after starch after starch, and that was it. Like like lunch would be tons of mashed potatoes, a bunch of macaroni and cheese. Uh, Remember not to eat any protein, son. Three desserts. <laughs> go get drunk that night, then go get a full. Uh, Burger King or Tommy's, Tommy's. Or, or the place. We, we, oh, it was probably still there when you went there. The the uh, it was a Mexican food place. Ba- uh, Los Baja, Baja Baja Fresh. Right next, not Baja Fresh, but like Baja Baja's Cantina. Taco? It was just you know right next to Tommy's. There's the yeah. other little yeah. stand yeah. there. Yeah, it was a Mexican place. For oh, a while. okay, it was so good. That became a sandwich shop. Tommy's was the place that made chili burgers, and it was yeah. the 
I remember it. I'm sure they've cleaned it up, but I remember it being the dirtiest shack. Like it was, it was barely not a homeless shelter. I have no recollection of really ever being there ordering. It would just be like I'd be drunk by that point, and everything, everything seemed clean at that point. <laughs> I just remember waking up the next morning, being like, "Why does it feel like there that someone has spackled my colon shut?" <laughs> and then looking and seeing the empty Tommy's box and the wrapper, I'm like, "Oh, that's right." At like two thirty, I was really hammered and had chili cheese fries and a chili. It tasted so, so good. good, so good. So you did to... you wait? Did you ever have the breakfast burrito? Uh, it was at Headlines, the big big Tommies, big Tommies. That I I don't even know if it's connected to Tommies, but right by where Dee Dee Reese was. This is going to be a bummer of a podcast for people who did not go to UCLA. <laughs> and, and from 89 to 93. Yeah, yeah. it had to be. <laughs> <laughs> not only is it geo-specific, it's yeah. like space-time specific. Yes, yes. Um, it, Yeah, Dee Dee Reese, I think, is still there. Yeah. Um, right it, next to it. If you're looking at the front of Dee Dee Reese, right to the to the left of it was this uh, was Tommy's, and it was uh, just the basically the same thing, just a bigger version of the shack. God. And they had this breakfast burrito that was that that then once Tommy's turned into this Chinese uh, restaurant, the breakfast oh. burrito was so popular that they kept the they would serve still that breakfast burrito. <laughs> oh. uh, that's fantastic! I remember I was so broke in college that I would I could scrape together like three dollars and twenty four cents to get this. There was this place called Headlines, which was on Gailey, oh, yeah. like a burger joint, and they had this. Um, that you're like burger and fries and a drink, and I'm like I'm fucking splurging. Like that was my <laughs> splurge. And then I started using a fake ID further down toward Wilshire. This place called Los Panchos. Do you remember that place? Oh yeah, sure, sure. There were, there were. That's where I. That's where I really learned the upstairs to drink. place. The upstairs right? place, yeah, 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 which was clearly a money laundering operation. Oh yeah. Um. But oh wait, did you used to go? Speaking of of that, wasn't it? What, what's the place that was up in the in the building? Like. Uh, Ten stories up, fifteen stories up. Like oh, the roof oh, that of, was um, oh, that um, it was like, a, was it a? Hmm, yeah, it was. It was that it, was clearly mob run. Whatever. It, it was in that bank building. Yeah, and it was in the, It was like a view of the city, like a round bar, yeah. restaurant bar, and it was a super. It was super loungy. Yeah. And it did Damn, not look like college students in like tube socks and Birkenstock should be up there. Yeah. But they didn't really check IDs. Yeah. Yeah, that place too. Oh my god. I'm so it's not surprising that we never met because UCLA is so large. Yeah. But I remember, you know, when you first got an SNL someone was like, he went to UCLA. I was like, what? <laughs> really? I think I knew way back because I was a big fan of yours when you started doing your show at MTV. Really? And, oh yeah, yeah. That's yeah. That's funny. That's funny that we never yeah. met. I don't think I really met you until like a year ago or a year and a half yeah. ago. Uh and you used to I guess if I had just walked by if you just sat out on the Lambda Kai porch and just ate nut-based cereal, there is. I sh- bet we we have we walked past each other more than ten times, probably in our probably like fifty times. But I'm sure you used to. But I'm sure that you were sitting out there and just watching girls walk to class at you know eight, nine, ten in the and morning. And guys, and guys too, sure. Sure. You know, I'm not. I, I don't with with no sexual fascination <laughs> of the of the guy part of it, but but like. You know, it's good to, it's just, you know, it's a, a study in people. It is. Yeah. Did you? Yeah, check out their butts. Sure, because it's fine. You're yeah. studying people. Yeah. You say, someday maybe I'll, 
Well, at that point, you were going to go into into brokerage. Yeah, it's very useful to. So, what was the character study, study then for guys brokerage? Butt is like for brokerage? brokerage for what's that for brokerage? You what were you studying for the brokerage? Oh, I you know just uh, oh oh in terms of the in the um, character study, yeah. Oh, just you know, just just like. Just a man's gait, mm-hmm. you know, is is helpful to to know. Like you know, you you put put together their their walking pace mm-hmm. with with uh, their expression and just just everything. Just yeah. come on, go lay off me on this. <laughs> it's a healthy healthy thing. Oh my god, this, thi- this that just reminded me of this horrible thing that a couple of guys that that were buddies of mine used to do <laughs> right out on that street. They did this thing called poo dollar, where they would. <laughs> Take a piece of uh, take a take a dollar bill. It was just a dollar bill, and they would use their own feces and wipe it on oh, one side of a dollar bill. No, and then videotape no. Uh, people as they walked by to to pick up this dollar bill, and then their reaction once they realized that there was feces on the dollar bill. Now I want to remind everyone this was pre-internet. This yes. was just to show in yeah. the. It was, <laughs> this was not mine. This was I knew these people who did it. It was I swear that literally I had no a viral video. Did you see? Did you did you see it? I never Have you saw heard it. Of Dollar? I never saw it. And <laughs> <laughs> but some then finally there was a person who kept the dollar, and it was it was like wow. Did people realize right away? Uh, no, that was the that was the interesting thing was would be to to see the. The the you know the 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 some sometimes it's instant uh, the discovery and sometimes it takes a while and you know lifting it up to see what what that it was just it was a horrible thing that these guys did and they should be ashamed of themselves. Some someone might have grabbed it quickly before anyone else saw and then stuffed it in their pocket, thereby ruining their pants and everything yeah. in their pocket. And and at that point, do you? Oh my God! That just rem- reminded me of another poo related. Uh, Please, I, I apologize. No, I'm listening because I, I, uh, I went to, <laughs> I went to the Long Beach Grand Prix. Mm-hmm. This is kind of back in that era, um, and I was sitting at this table, and it was it. We were at this bar. Just a, a, a didn't seem like a. It wasn't a dive bar. It wasn't a. Super fancy bar, but it's just a regular bar. You would never expect something like this would happen. So I'm sitting at this table, and I had this one shirt I used to wear all the time because I just I don't I don't wear a lot of clothes, and I've got this one shirt that I really liked. It's this overshirt, so I'd wear a t-shirt and then this this nice to me fancy fancy green shirt, and I just started smelling poo around me, um, <laughs> and I just thought, did I step in something? I didn't, I, I wasn't quite sure. And, and then I realized that I lifted up my arm and there, somebody had, had put, there was just poo on both, <laughs> both of the armrests of the chair that somebody had somehow done that. And I, it was just all over the place. And I remember going into the bathroom and being very upset about this. It's your favorite shirt. I'm trying to clean the shirt off, and I def I kept the shirt. Like now, I would just throw this thing away in a second. It could, like there's, 
even if it was like a fancy tuxedo that the president gave me, I would, you would just have go to throw like, it away. I got to throw it away. Do you think that was karma for enjoying poo dollar? I mean, like, and that was the universe going, aha, it's not so funny when shit's on your favorite green overshirt. I was originally, when you said that, I was going to say, I didn't enjoy Poo Dollar, but I kind of did. I mean, it was, it was, it's, it's interesting. It's like, you know, staring at a guy's butt, you learn a lot from Poo Dollar. Now to see how much impact, how much cultural impact this podcast has, I, I'm curious to see if this will be a craze that now sweeps YouTube. I don't pick up any money ever when I see it. <laughs> I, I really don't. I if won't it, anymore. Maybe change if it's a quarter and I'm by a parking. If you meter. see paper money on the ground, be suspicious. Be very suspicious. Something's up. You're gonna get darted. Like someone's gonna hit you with a trank dart, or there's shit on it, or something. Yeah. yeah. Or you're gonna fall into a bear trap. It just it makes you realize, like all these, this paper money that you carry around in your pocket. It's been through some stuff. These things have seen some. They've seen some some things in their time. And I, I'm always. Uh, I feel like a lot of times, you know, like you get a quarter that's just battle scarred. It's just, it's just dark black, and there's shit all over it. Yeah, and it probably is literally shit. <laughs> it might. <laughs> poo quarter. It went through <laughs> a poo quarter. <laughs> Nobody, listen. I wanted to. I wanted to make the game a little more relatable, so I took it into coins. I took it into coinage. Well, they play. They pay. They play a, a putuni up in Canada, where they shit on a two dollar <laughs> coin. And it's totally different because they have a coin based currency. Uh, but uh, <laughs> so they have to do it up there. Yeah. Uh, no one would pick up a fifty off the ground. That's just too. That's just. It's just too easy. <laughs> Um, that's so weird. That's so fucking weird. But I totally get why. So- I totally get why someone would do that. Wait, where did you? Where, where did you grow up? I well, primarily in Memphis, Tennessee, and then okay. Um, I moved to in high school. I started high school in Memphis, and then went through my junior year in Denver, and graduated in Los Angeles. So I was in L.A. Did you grow up in L.A.? No, I've, uh, outside San Francisco. Oh, okay. It's Lafayette. Oh, nice, nice, yeah. nice, nice. North, Northern California. Um, it, what made you decide to go to UCLA? Uh, it was the best of the schools that, that I got into. I, 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 to be honest, I was not excited to go to UCLA. I wanted to go to Berkeley. Mm-hmm. Uh, my dad went to Dartmouth. I, I, uh, my dad was my hero, so I just wanted to do whatever he did. He went to Stanford Business School, and then, uh, it, but uh, Dartmouth for undergrad, and so I wanted to go to either Stanford or Dartmouth, and I had really good grades, so I thought I had a shot, but didn't get into either of those, didn't get into Berkeley, and UCLA, I, I, I'm so happy I went there now. I loved it. It was the best experience of my life, but for some reason, going into it, just wasn't that excited about it. And also, as a California resident, it cost nothing to go there. Oh my God, it was like... Four hundred dollars a quarter. Four hundred dollars a quarter to go there, and if you were out of state, it was like ten times that. It was some crazy amount yeah. of money. But if you were, Wait, what is it now? Do you know what it is? I per have quarter? no idea. But it's it's thousands of dollars. Yeah, like it's yeah. not it. The <laughs> those days are gone. Oh I'm, I'm sure it's still. Yeah. I'm sure it's still comparatively cheap, but it's still expensive. I mean, yeah, it's a lot of money. Yeah. Um, but uh, I really liked it too. I really, it was kind of a cool. It was it was a cool place. I've only spent one, yeah, one day and even less than a day in Memphis. I went on this big road trip with a buddy in 1996, and we went to uh, Graceland. So that was that was it. We just drove through, went to Graceland, and then took off. But I I really wish that we had stayed a couple days or even just one night to go down to what is it Beale, Beale Street? Beale Street, yeah. 
Were is you that wonder- cool? Is that would that have been a, a cool thing to do? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is. If you you know, if if you're only in town for one day, I, I would say you know you want to hit Beale Street and you want to hit uh, you know uh, Graceland. I was always underwhelmed by. I guess the coolest. Part I loved of- it. I was Did okay you- with it. I was okay with it. I, I guess you're just like, oh yeah, Elvis lived here. You know, like that that part no. of it, it. You know, but in general, it was just. It's they hurdle you. They herd you around like cattle, and you got to get in that bus and go up there, and the, and you can you can barely move because yeah. the tour moves really slowly, and you're scrunched into people, and you're like, wow, three TVs in the media room, and then and then his supposed grave, which I don't know if he's buried there or not, and then and then that's oh sort really? Of, you think where where do you think he is? I don't know if his body is there. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. I'm not sure. Um, and 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 also Graceland's in. Um, in in sort of a in sort of a killy part of town, like it's not in the oh, best, okay. best, best part of town. Uh, Beale Street's Beale Street's nice, but then I would also like if you're in the South, this might sound weird. Go to like a Civil War cemetery, like go to a really old cemetery. Yeah, because it just just seeing like you know seeing headstones that and of course people overseas laugh at us when I'm like some of them go back to the 1800s, <laughs> but it but it is it is an interesting you know like you just get a nice piece of heritage by going to like a really good Civil yeah. War cemetery. I just to, went to. Uh, oh, sorry. No, no, that's it. No, Keep going. And then barbecue, and then that was it. That's. I just went to Monticello, and I know that's different than a than a uh, Civil War cemetery. But to, just to be at uh, Thomas Jefferson's home was really cool, and to see all the inventions. Have you ever been there? Yeah, when I was a kid, my parents took me there. Yeah, I haven't it been was recently. Really cool. He did all these. Uh, uh, God, I have the worst memory. And I was just there, like three weeks ago. <laughs> it was, what was the thing? Like there, he had this. As you walk in the door, there is a clock that was also there was a component to it where it would tell you what day it was too. And it was these weird balls on strings that would, as the clock, as the the week went by, the the ball would lower into the next little slot, which you know it had like Monday, Tuesday. Oh, Wednesday. that's really cool. I guess people who are listening can't see my hands. They're they're descending, <laughs> it's descending. down a wall. It's descending vertically, yeah. and then uh, oh, and this machine that he had so that so it was like a uh, like an early Xerox where he would write something, and then there was this other pen that was a that was attached oh, yes. to it that would be writing also at the same time, so he could write two letters at once. He could have a duplicate. Well, that was that was that the mimeograph, or am I thinking of a different machine? It's a something graph. Yeah, no, no. It's I, I think it. Uh, I forget the name of it, but it's it's the Thomas Jefferson graph. Yeah, no, but it's, that wasn't it. And just to think about all the history there, and I guess James Madison, James Monroe used to come out and hang around, and uh, General Lafayette. Unless I'm crazy. Do you ever just? Do you ever just sort of get tripped out by the fact that they were just dudes and like, oh yeah, he. Took a shit over there, and then just yeah. sat in the corner of the room one day and got <laughs> bored. Like, just think about yeah. all the mundane. Like, as amazing as it is, like, but he was just a guy, and he they, he had mundane activities. They they played uh, they played poo dollar. <laughs> <laughs> well, James Madison is going to go for the dollar. He can't help it. <laughs> Damn you, Jefferson! You son of a goat! <laughs> it is true. I do. I do think about that stuff. <laughs> I do. I was, uh, there's more attached to that, and I'm going to keep it inside. How do you go from um, your so two years at a brokerage firm? By the way, since your dad was your hero, was was that hard to go? I don't want to do this anymore. 
No, it was, in fact, it, it made me realize how much that wasn't for me. Just like, okay, I gave it a shot. It just, it, it did not feel right at all. I kept waking up every morning. You feel like there's this tightness and, and it's almost like you're lugging around a cement block inside your, your body. Yeah, and and then as soon as I went to the Groundlings, that was where I started doing comedy. It just everything was lifted, and uh, my dad and mom could not have been more supportive. They just they you know I, I I was really nervous to tell them, and they were they were really happy that I was gonna give it a try. It's really interesting that whenever you meet someone who does not grow up in comedy, and then they sort I guess maybe it's a little different because of the internet now, but. And they always sort of feel a little weird and out of place. And then they find like a comedy tribe and they're like, oh, fuck, I'm a part of a thing. And there's other people who do this, who think this way. Yeah. It's such an interesting. I found that when I discovered the comedy club at UCLA. I'm like, oh, my God, other people have these dumb thoughts and I'm not I'm not alone. Wait, so what would that be? What was the comedy club at UCLA? We used to meet up in Ackerman Union on Wednesday nights. Like and would you? It, every it would be like an open mic night there. No, it was just a. Well, there was a there was a show at the Cooperage on Tuesday nights. I think there was a comedy show. Okay, but um, we were just a group of guys, and we would meet, and then we would, you know, go around the table and help each other flesh out material that we had written from the previous week, and then oh, that's okay. once or twice a quarter we would go perform at like Dykstra Hall or Sproul or something and do the dorm shows, and then once a year venture out and you know like. I don't know, like do a book a room at the. There was an improv in Santa Monica at the time, like a like a, oh. like an improv comedy club. Okay, and so we'd you know rent out the upper. There was a loft part that was a small little performance space, and so we once a year we'd go do that, and that was a big deal. So, yeah, it was just a group would, of guys. Would a lot of people go in to the to the dorms? Would would a lot of people show up at the shows? Yeah, because you know a lot of people were just studying, and you know we'd put flyers up in the dorm. We're gonna have a show this Friday, so they, all they literally had to do was come down the elevator and just sit in their rec room. Yeah, and so they would. Yeah, the people would come to the shows. And are there people that you met back then who are still doing it? Yeah, this guy uh, Steve Callahan is the co-EP of Family Guy. Oh, cool. He was my orientation counselor, and he was the president of the comedy club when I joined. And then another guy named Pat Megan also writes on Family Guy and a couple other people. And then the class before me was Shane Black. Oh, really? Like, he was the comedy club uh, group before me because he's a few years older. Yeah. It was like Shane Black and Ed Solomon and Chris, Ma- Chris Matheson who wrote Bill and Ted's and then Shane and then oh, just all and it's this guy, this comic, Suli McCullough, and, you know. And so, uh, yeah, and, and then they would do these dorm shows and – um, would pay to have headliners, professional headliners, come in and headline the show. So as we would yeah. all open for them. And so we would get this notebook passed down as the president. I was the president of the comedy club after Steve, and it would have all these names of people who had performed. And it was like David Spade, just all these people before they made it big, but they were like no, like slightly known comics. Yeah. So it was a really interesting That's really cool. bit of comedy history back yeah. then. So, uh, yeah, but you didn't do any comedy in college, right? You Nothing, nothing. I, I, uh, I, in fact, I didn't really do anything. I, I took a, a drama class in uh, junior high school that was just, I mean, it was just basically doing those improv games. Yeah. That, like, like really loose improv games. The, the machine game. <laughs> I don't know if, it, you know, have you played that one, one where it's just one person's oh. going beep? 
Beep. And someone has to go. Beep. Yeah, and then somebody comes and joins in, and soon it's just a bunch of people making these weird movements, mm-hmm. and but but it's just teaching you to work together. It's all very basic stuff. And then I took my sophomore year of high school. I took a drama class, uh, in and and never did any plays or anything like that. But I was, you know, I was always kind of weird, and all, all my friends were weird, and we would do do comedy without really doing comedy. Did you have a hard time fitting in with the, uh, well, I guess it sounds like you didn't because I I was the kind of weird that I would never have fit into that construct of like that fraternity house. I never would have, I would have been too fucking geeky and I I used to scare people away because I was such a comedy nerd that I I just, they'd be like, he's performing. Like I, 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 like I would juggle. You should have come to Lambda Chi. We would have accepted you. (laughs) Never would have been accepted. (laughs) Never would have been accepted. Uh, No, I didn't. It was, it was, uh. No, everyone was was really nice. It, it was, uh, you know, I I definitely was probably the the considered the weird guy of the fraternity, but but uh, uh, no, everyone was was okay with it. It was yeah. an acceptable weirdness. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you know, I'd be, uh, uh, I mean, everyone. I don't know. Everyone was kind of weird in their own way. Um, but it sounds like you were pretty comfortable with yourself. It's like if you had a good really it sounds like you were pretty comfortable with yourself. So oh, in terms of just life life? Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. That's I, what I mean it I is. had a great I had a great my family was so great. And I loved high school and d- didn't want to leave it. I didn't want to go to college and then I went to college and I didn't want to leave that. Like every every part of it was great. It was kind of like that and that's what made me feel better about leaving SNL eventually was I just realized, "Oh, this is like this is like high school and college where you don't want to leave, but you know you have to. And and it's just you got to move on to the next step. And whatever is out there next, uh, you know, I'm sure I won't want to leave at some point. And then, you know, it's it's a good thing to try new things. You just got to you just got to do it. Were you there? Were you there for six years? Eight years. Eight years. Yeah. Wow. How dare you? No, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so so at that point, you I. To me, it seems like a pretty natural choice to go like, oh, I've been here eight years. Am I going to be here for six year, more years? Like you don't, you know. Yeah. It, it you have to you have to move on. You have to shed that stuff to move on. I, I think it yeah. makes. I think it, I completely understand why you would want to leave after. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess some people questioned because uh, the timing of it was weird because I had just done MacGruber and and it came out and just bombed <laughs> like nobody saw it <laughs> and then like a month later i said like yeah i guess maybe i'm gonna go back but you know most people would go like oh if you're you know if you're you clearly don't have any kind of prospects of a movie <laughs> so it's career. not like it's so in your mind hang on like, to that job it's not with like everything you made you wayne's got. world and they were like oh yeah well he's gonna go off and yeah do bit, yeah man. no this was this was uh <laughs> it, it was a questionable decision but but you know it it just it, it, had, it had very little to do with with all that stuff it was more just you know family being out here and wanting to get out here. And and the good thing is before before I went to SNL I was a writer for a long time and and uh so I I knew it's a crapshoot whenever you leave SNL so you just never know what's out there for you. So if everything dries up acting wise I'll just go back to writing which I I love doing. I love writing. So well you developed a really strong voice on the show. 
And I always, I always looked, I always looked forward to like, oh, this is a Will Forte thing. Like this is a, this is like, this is going to be some surreal kind of a thing that is, that doesn't, that doesn't really rely on any kind of pop culture reference. It's just its own kind of thing that, uh, that's going to be really weird that I'm going to love. Thank you very much. So I, I always, I always looked forward to that stuff because it was, and I, and I feel like, it, feel, it feels like they gave you a lot of room to experiment with that kind of... I mean, like, did you have any trouble well, pitching some of the weirder stuff? Or did that at a certain point did they just go, we'll just let Will do what Will does? There, I mean, the trickiest thing is when you start out there, you'll you'll put up things that will go well at the table, but Lorne is very protective of... You know, he wants to to get you out there in the right way, and so you, you'd get a lot of, what you know, we're not going to do that this week. People need to get to know you a little bit better before before they are subjected <laughs> to this. Uh, and you know, just wait, just wait, because at some point, like as they get to know you a little better, that they'll be ready for that. And and it's it's hard to wait, but I I think I think it's you know you would tell yourself no if they see this they they'll they'll like it, but but I think. Lauren's a very smart guy and knows knows what he's doing and and uh, and and you know and, and it was true like the years as I was there for uh, the the longer I was there the more uh, you would get the benefit of the doubt and and then he would you know take a chance on some weird stuff that you would put up at the table but there are definitely some ones that I put up early on that didn't get on that I I wish had gotten on but but in hindsight. They probably wouldn't have. I don't know. Who knows? You'll never know. But it, but it, it definitely he's he's really good about protecting you and and uh, uh, he's great. I, I I really have nothing but the most highest uh, respect for for him. What was there any was there anything that you never got to do that you always wanted to do or just one there, that you try? What what is it? Oh yes, there's one that's uh, this thing called Gingerman Franklin, <laughs> which was. Uh, I put it up so many times. <laughs> it's, like at, at SNL, you you at the table read, you can put up something once, and if it goes well, you can maybe put it up a second time. But I must have put up Gingerman Franklin six times, <laughs> and and they just would never, they just never let me do it. And it, it it I have a great relationship with Seth Meyers. We're really good buddies, but we will still have this really fun uh, argument. Uh, about Benjamin Franklin, so we have. We, there's actually a plan now. When when he starts his his late night show, uh, if, if I come on as a guest, we're going to discuss the argument about Benjamin Franklin, and he's going to let me perform it for the first time. In the, the, so so I'm really excited and also really nervous because I've I've I have given him so much shit about not letting us try it. I mean it's you know it's Lauren's Lauren's call about that stuff most of the time but but uh if if it just sucks it's going to be a, a painful pill to swallow. <laughs> Was it did it ever get to the point where you're like I have an idea it's not Benjamin Franklin is it? No no no. Okay go ahead. So Benjamin Franklin is in a submarine. <laughs> no! It's Benjamin. <laughs> Dang. Totally different thing. Totally different thing. <laughs> do you want to say what the premise is or do you want to save it for Seth's show? It's just it's essentially just a this this guy comes to a uh he's being set up on a blind date by these two people who met this woman who that shares the same interests as, as him they're really into like you know um 
uh, colonial uh, period stuff. And, and she shows up, and she's just the spitting image Benjamin. Of, of Benjamin Franklin, but but very sexual, and, and things get. So it's it's. I I love it. I. I can't believe they didn't let you try that once. I know, just once. One time. Just even go to the dress rehearsal once and see. But One but, time in the last half hour of the show. Yeah. Like one time. They, I, in, in their defense, they have let me try a ton of stuff that did not work at all. <laughs> so like, you know, I, it, but this, for some reason, this was the one that that really I'll I'll always remember. They but they were I I don't want to you know I want to make sure I say they they were so good to me. Lauren was so good to me. I I you know I had such a great time of the show. It was hard to leave. Just not Gingerman Franklin good. Yeah, they were I good mean, to was, you. Yeah. That would have there was one thing that kept my experience there from being perfect. <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> do you still after all these years have you perfected the sketch? Like do you still go oh, back to no. it? Oh, 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 Benjamin Franklin? Yeah, yeah. It was perfect from the very beginning. It's, we only have, because you, you have to, actually, we it did get a little bit better each time you find little teeny things, because you can't, if you put it up a second time at the table read, you have to do some new moves, so we would, we would, we would uh, insert some stuff, but it's, it's ready to go. It's, Are you Benjamin Franklin? Or do you play the We date? would play it in different ways, because we, we did it a couple of times at first where I was Benjamin Franklin and then we realized oh what we need to do is get the host to be Benjamin Franklin so then they have this big meaty part cuz the other part's really fun too uh, cuz it's this guy who's who's kind of into this <laughs> woman he shouldn't be into at all it's just like the colonial aspect of it is is not <laughs> a big enough carrot uh it, it, it it's it's uh there are two fun parts. Actually, all the parts are fun. It's a perfectly written sketch. I mean, it's perfect. <laughs> so, who do you see? Who do you see embodying the perfect Benjamin Franklin? Is it someone like Paul Giamatti, or is it someone, or is it an actual sexy woman that you've made? Well, their I face would like to head? go back and be. I would like to be Benjamin uh, Franklin. Okay, so you are Benjamin Franklin. That I mean, I don't know that I would make the perfect Benjamin Franklin, but but that's. I, that's that now in in the incarnation. I have to do it just to get this out of my, you know, the, in in the in the one that it, we eventually do on Seth's show. If he if he goes through with this, um, which he sounds really excited about. It. I mean, it's, it's been so much fun. We talk about it all the time. But I I think I would have to do that. I can't remember. I think Brian Williams might have been the other person <laughs> if, uh, once, and and who else? Uh, I think. I think we might have tried to get Christopher Walken to be the the guy. Can I, mean, I at a certain point he's asking me to dance and Can I pitch something which you, yes. is 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 beating the joke to death but I can't I can't help it. I just envision I think you should shoot a short setup for this video. Seth should let you shoot this short setup, which is essentially like the plot of Mr. Holland's opus, where you've been trying to get this one sketch done, and life keeps getting in the way. And so finally, <laughs> at the end, they present it to you. Like, everyone just presents it to you. Like, this was the culmination of your life's work that you never got to finish. And they make it a huge, huge, huge deal. So at the end, there should also be a little end... Uh, 
end film where I'm an old man <laughs> on my like surrounded by my family, yep. and I get to see it finally yep. played, and then I then I die, and then you expire, with a smile yeah. on my face, and then but then they and then they shut your eyes. And then they put the Benjamin Franklin head on you, and then they bury you as Benjamin Franklin. It'd be very unorthodox. They would bury you immediately, so you, you're not going to get... Or, wait a second. What? Or it's just me as an old man, and then a doctor comes in and takes a scalpel down my face and removes a layer of skin, and I've been Benjamin Franklin the whole time. <laughs> the entire time? Me. Yeah. That is the Will Forte touch that the sketch needed. <laughs> That is exactly what the sketch. That's workshopping. No, that is what you. It was. I am telling you, this is a good idea, and it should end that way. And if it take, if it, if it takes thirty minutes of Seth's show, you have got to make sure that this gets done. What are you going to do? Sit on the couch? Show right? Hey, you're the guest. Amy Poehler coming on, but but why don't you? Why don't you just? Save that for the second show, and let's just let's get this Benjamin Franklin. Let's Come get on, this, man. this Seth Meyers late night show off to a off to a, a a bang. Let people know that this is what they can expect every yeah. episode. Yes. It's just a thirty minute long sketch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited to see what he does with that with that show because he. I think he's going to be great. He's gen- He's a brilliant guy. Yeah. Really, really insanely smart guy. Very, very, very smart. So fast. Like, uh, you know, it's it's. I think it's clear from people who see him on update how fast he is, but 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 uh, you know to see him uh, in the writers' room and to to go in with a sketch that might not be working, and he just very quickly has the fix on it, and he's he's so smart and fast, and he's also a really pleasant and fun guy, and I think he's just going to be really good at talking to people also in the interviews. So yeah. so I think it's going to be a great show. Um, when uh, when you did leave SNL, was there any sort of a plan, or were you like, "Well, I'm just gonna move out, and we'll just see"? There was no, there was no plan at all. I mean the 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 business part of the plan was just like, "Hey, look, you you, it's time to try new stuff," you know, like uh, and and. and I understood, the, like my agent manager, they they were saying, you know, it's it, it, eight years is a long time. Uh, you know, let's, you know, it's it's time to try new stuff, and and that made sense. Like, if, uh, but but really, that was not as big a part of leaving as the other more personal stuff. You know, I just turned forty, still. Uh, you know, unmarried and no kids. I always thought that that was going to come really, really early. Uh, <laughs> and still, now I'm 43. It's three years later. So same, same scenario. So, so did turning uh, 40 freak you out? What's that? Did it turning 40 freak you out? No, not at all. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. I, have, I mean, there were parts of me that were, you know, I, this weird ticking clock that that you don't that, that people go, oh, men shouldn't have that, but but. Yeah, I mean, they were part of it. it was, uh, my sister started having kids, and to me, that's what the, life is all about, the family stuff. Not the, You know, I, I love getting to do th- this uh, acting and, and writing, and all, all that is wonderful, but that's, you know, that's just a blessing and gravy on top of family stuff. Family stuff is where it's at, so, like, so it was weird to, you know, I, I would love that aspect of life to get going 
but I just haven't. <laughs> so my profile at Match.com, match.com. is... <laughs> It's just Will Forte. Uh, checks out dudes, but <laughs> for uh, brokerage firm research purposes, to be fair. <laughs> but into women. Yes, I yes, am yes, into yes, women. yes, 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 yes. Uh, Vagina's a plus. Yeah. But not a nece- necessity. And for kids, yeah. You know, it's if you want to impregnate someone. Oh, yeah. Someone, I guess, if it's you a, I guess it someone. is. A if you necessity. could adopt, though, you could yeah. find a nice gentleman and adopt someone. That is true. That is true. You could totally do that. That's true. Um, it, At this point, I'm just going to open up the field. <laughs> just whatever. Any of the prospects are going to. Yeah. What, what, what do you think it is that sort of kept you, if you if you don't want to talk about it, you don't have to, but what do you think it is that sort of kept you from like, ah, now I'm just going to settle down and find someone? Yeah. I don't know what it is. You know, I th- I think a, a part of it is I'm I got some OCD tendencies. I'm not like a full blown OCD, but but I I got enough of it, and and I I think but uh, the older I get, the more I realize how much that stuff has affected affected me, um, and I think that it I think that it plays with like I think it's affected some some of my previous relationships, uh. Uh, you know, my p- parents split up too. I'm sure that's d- rolling around in there somewhere. Uh, I don't know what it is. What? Uh, you know, it's it's. Uh, I'm constantly learning. I feel like I'm I'm evolving as a mm-hmm. person. I'm getting, uh, you know, you know, I feel closer to being ready to to do that kind of stuff than than ever i guess but it's very funny i don't know that, why i feel that it's that our parents generation by the time you were 40 it was like what the fuck are you doing you oh, know yeah. like it's it was unheard of unheard of yeah you know like i was already i was already 10 by the time my dad was 40 yeah uh, and 15 by the time my mom was 40 and I remember that very, very clearly, so it seems very, you know, like, I do feel that strange, like, oh, yeah, they were, and, and even they were, a, you know, my dad at 30 was still a little behind the curve, Yeah, you know? So yeah. it was uh, strange, it's strange I'm now. Most, most of my friends are, uh, who are my age, are not married yet. It's, <laughs> it's crazy. Are, are, do you feel, are you married? No, no. I, I have a girlfriend. I've been with the same girl for two year, two-ish years. It's, but it's time, my friend. <laughs> All my, uh, I think a lot of my friends. Well, mm, I guess it's tough to say. I do have a lot of friends who have kids and are on their second kids, and yeah. And, but then I also have a lot I of do too. I do have a lot of, but but like my my best best buddies down here in Los Angeles are are. Uh, are still single, but well, I mean, some of them. I feel like some of them are are getting getting close now. Yeah, but but it's you know, forty three. We're all forty three. Yeah, it's about time. I just turned forty two. Yeah, yeah. So it's it it's it is. Uh, forty didn't freak me out that much, but thirty eight yeah. freaked me out because thirty eight was like forty. What is happening? But it's good that it happened there because then you got it out of the way, so that by the time you turned forty, you was like. Yeah, prepared, right? that's true. Yeah, in a lot of cases, yeah, it still eats away at me a little bit because I, I just, I sort of feel like, you know, time is this kind of like tight sweater that just keeps getting tighter, and you're like, oh, I just need a little more room, you know. I know. Oh my god, it is, yeah. it is, just tugging on it. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 it is really interesting to to think about, like I, I just how it, how fast it goes by, and and checking in on oh when 
oh, my parents were this this age <laughs> when they math. did this and all that all that stuff. And then you, you know, my parents are are both seventy now, and they're in very good shape for being seventy. But that you know, seventy you're starting to get kind of yeah, old. That's yeah. it doesn't feel as old as it did like twenty years ago. Seventy no. seemed like you know, well, why are you still even walking around? You should be standing, you know, for for your family, you should be near some kind of, uh, you know, crematorium or something because <laughs> just you're, in case. yeah, just, uh, to make it easier for them. But like, yeah, now it's, now I look at my own parents who are, my dad skis every day of his life. Uh, my, my grandpa, who's 95, he skied, I think till he was like 89. So I, I, you know, I hope that I take after them, but it, but, but it is interesting to, to go, God, I I have to take after them if I want to enjoy any you know any kids in my life because <laughs> I'm I'm really pushing the limit. You better you know? live a long time. If I want grandkids, if they're on my path, yeah, I'll have to live to be like 120. Or you just encourage your own children to not use protection. Just That's... be like the anti-parent, like just. <laughs> It feels a lot better if you don't put that thing on. Just do it that way. No, he's great. Once he gets out of jail, he's 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 your soulmate. Come on, it's fine. Yeah. Well, it is. Forties that that period is sort of the transition from, or at least for me anyway, of when you're younger and you're sort of like, oh, I got all the runway in the world. Like life's an infinitely expanding universe. And then uh, and then you start you start getting to that. And then the forties like. Oh, I, I'll just do this thing later, and you're like, "Well, how much time later is there really?" You know, like start yeah. asking those. Like, it's the talk back from my brain. Like, right? I'll just do that later. But how much time yeah. really do you? Oh shit! Yeah, I guess you're right. I is I should just do these things now. Is the time? Now is the time. I'm. You are. I'm going to go to Japan instead of spending <laughs> Christmas with my family. You just made me realize they know I what can you do look that like every year. Go I'm going to go to Japan. Go to Japan. Get some underwear and a vending machine. And have you have gone fun. there? Have you been there? No, I've been done. Di- Let's I've, go to I've, Japan together. Let's go to Japan. <laughs> Japanese trip. That, we'll go have a Japanese Christmas. I bet that would be really fun. Pregnate some ladies over there. My girlfriend this, won't let's mind. Get it all going right she'll now. She'll be happy <laughs> that it's because she's she loves anime, so she'll think it's cool. <laughs> Jeez, honey, I impregnated the Japanese. You know, oh, was she dressed like a schoolgirl? Well, of course, we're anime fanatics. <laughs> oh, well, then it's fine. You know, like that's what's supposed to happen. Did you turn into tentacles? Yes, I did. I, I put on the tentacles. Uh, it's uh, it, it is. I'm not freaking out about it, but I definitely feel it. I just, I just feel it, you know. I just yeah. know it's there. Yeah. Um, and then we are talking about death. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Well, okay. I mean, just the getting the, just the getting older. Like, oh yeah. Just, yeah, yeah. Not even yeah, death doesn't freak me out as much as just like the older thing. Like when you get a, when you get a, in a room full of white hairs and you're like, look at these dumb old people, and you're like, in like 25 years or maybe less, you know, like I'm gonna, and I'm gonna. And I'm sure I'll think I'm cool and hanging out with the kids, but they won't want me around because they don't get my references and I smell weird because I'm older and that's you exude that's what happens. Wait, so let me ask you this, but back to your philosophy uh major, mm-hmm. was do you you probably think way differently about death because of no your knowledge of philosophy, I would think, right? You must have a very evolved uh I don't know, but evolve might not be the right word. But but like, what, how do what what do you? How does that make you feel moving towards it? I don't. I don't really have a. 
I don't know if there's anything philosophical that I feel like, ah, this comforts me. I just sort of feel like, well, that's it. You know, like, and, and for some reason, I'm just okay with that. Yeah. Like, just going, yeah, that's probably it, you know? I didn't know what it was like to not be alive before. I probably won't really know what it's like. You know, it doesn't really bother me. Yeah. Um, uh, not, not particularly uh, religious? You, no, no, you, no, yeah. no. Um, and, uh, and I don't really have anything against it. I just don't really, you know, there isn't anything about it where I'm like, yeah, yeah. that really makes a lot of sense to me. You know, like, there yeah. isn't anything that I really bond with. Yeah. Um, uh I, I like to think that this the universe is this big sciencey machine that we don't understand, and that yeah. there are probably moving parts that we don't know because we just know a, fra- a, a, a tiny infinitesimal fraction of what's going on. But yeah. that's about it, you know. Um, but I don't really. For me, it's it's just the it really is just like the the old the old thing freaks me out. I don't want to die young, but I just I don't want to be old, you know. God, that's yeah. I've, I I. That's a part of it that I don't really ever think about, that you are probably going to kickstart me into thinking about that now. Have I ruined the rest old. of your life now? No, okay. no, no. Or maybe it's going to be good for me to think about this. I'll tell you why I think it's, I tell you why I think it's good, why I think it's going to be okay, is because no matter what age you're at, you always feel like, oh, I'm so old. I remember when I turned 25 and I was like, oh, I'm a quarter of a century old. It's all downhill from here. Yeah. And then I was 35, I was like, Wow, 25 was not really a... I mean, you, and, and my dad died when he was 72, and he was really happy. Burn. Burn. He was really happy and made me feel like, oh, it's not, you know... I mean, I would, I would meet people when I, you know, I would meet people when after I'd turned 30 who were in their 20s, and they'd be like, when I turn 30, it's all over, man. <laughs> and then you sort of realize, like, I didn't even really start to know who I was until I was 30. And 40, oh, I'm yeah. so much more comfortable than I was when I was 30, so... You know, I think if I were to snap my fingers and just be 70 right now, it would suck. Yeah. But there's a lot in between here and there yeah. that it's like I'm not just jumping into ice cold water. It's like, you know, you you get all those experiences in between. So that's why yeah. I kind of feel like it'll probably be okay. No, I agree. I, I feel like I am the, well, I mean, I guess everybody should be the most evolved version of, of themselves at whatever age they are. Yeah. You're, like you're constantly moving towards it. I just wish it was in a younger body. <laughs> <laughs> Please, science. Please perfect the but idea. You of- hear that? You hear about like how how science is just going to be. You know, there's the lifespan of people. I mean, soon people just live forever. It's you know with organ harvesting and and uh, you know it's it's we soon there will we we are going to be part of one of the last generations probably of we people I get think really we're going to just miss it I think we're <laughs> going to just just miss it but in a weird it, it, I feel like it's going to be it, it's going to be weird to live forever well That's, I mean I wish we had some vampires who could be talking just one or two vampires is yeah. all all we would need is like one or two vampires and yeah. not freshly turned vampires but like Dawn of Time vampires. It's like, going to get very crowded. It will. Yeah, I like the space we have right now. <laughs> so you know, looking at dri- the bright side, right? They tell you something. <laughs> when you drive across America, you're like, "What the fuck? We have tons of space." Yeah, you know, just move, move the corn into the cloud. It's like let's 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 create sky farming. Like we'll just hover. We'll just levitate. If we can make people live forever, we can grow sky corn. You yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah. that. Well, there's plenty of fucking space for everyone. The country is clustered so much. It's yeah. like, oh, it's so crowded. Yeah, because everyone lives on the coast, you know? Like, if you move to the middle of the country, there's goddamn thousands. Or, of- God, just going up from uh, on the five up to from L.A. to San Francisco. Yeah. 
lot of area there for people. We could just move to Gilroy. Yeah. It's plenty of room in Gilroy. Uh, uh, you know, heavy garlic diets. They up love there, the, which the would be garlic very good festival? for your heart. Yes, that would keep it not good if you're a vampire. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But if you're just a, if you're just a human living forever. Yes. All the garlic you could ever want. Do you how do you feel about it? Are you particularly religious about stuff? I was I was raised Catholic. I'm I uh, I uh I don't know what I am now. I I I am uh I guess my my mom is a very she was also Catholic and and is more just uh, generally spiritual now and I don't know I I I'm in that space where I I am never gonna poo poo anything uh, because I just don't know like yep. who knows what's who knows what's right I I so I I'm just kind of hanging around open to anything nothing has really caught me yet but uh but in terms of how i view death it it's i'm not excited about it but i but i do also <laughs> realize i go oh every single person who has ever lived is has done it yeah it's like you just got to do it everyone's doing it man yeah and i'm gonna do it i'm gonna be a conformist yeah i'm just gonna conform to it but it just makes you realize how it's just, it's so out of your hands. Oh, yeah. It's so out of, you know. So much of what I think we feel like we, you know, and honestly, just sort of spinning it around to the OCD talk, so much of it is 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 trying to grasp for control in a world where we largely do not have control. Oh, yeah. And I think, you know, I even think a lot of religion is probably very OCD-based of, like, I have to perform these rituals so that the monsters don't come, you yeah. know. So, it, it, you know, basically, we all, I think that's just an, a byproduct of our brain trying to parse out something which doesn't compute, which is that we don't really have control over anything. Yeah. Is, yeah. That, is that how yours expresses itself, do you feel like? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think there's a lot of truth to what you just said. I just had this thought in my head of something that was going through my head uh, the other day. I used had a lot in that last sentence. I'm sorry. No, please. Do you want to share? But the the I was because my place is I b- bought this place eleven years ago in Santa Monica, two weeks before getting the SNL job, and so I basically had to move to New York when I had just bought this house and didn't really move any furniture in didn't just didn't I had a bed I had this and then I kept saying okay I'm going to wait cuz I want to do a couple things to the house but I just never had time and so it's still kind of largely unfurnished <laughs> after to, 11 years 11 years later cuz then <laughs> then it became this thing like oh I want to get the the upstairs uh redone so I'll just wait till after that and then and now finally I'm starting to do that but there's still just piles of things i was a i'm kind of a reformed pack rat so Mm -hmm. i'm trying to go through this stuff and i just had this horrible thought the other day that oh i'm gonna i'm gonna like all these i have to at least furnish my house before i die like this is (laughs) it's been 11 years and i have stuff in there it's it's but but this front room that i have is just a, a little bit of placeholder furniture and then 
no rugs there no there might be i finally took a huge step and put a picture up on the wall <laughs> like a year ago that's so funny cuz i just couldn't i didn't couldn't decide like oh where do i put which i didn't want to commit to having a picture in a place that i might think was later was the wrong place for it this is eerily i think it's sort of funny well it's not funny but would you say that the way that you deal with your home is effectively sort of a um, uh, a metaphor f- for how you deal with the rest of your life? Oh, so yeah. So you're saying like, like relationships. Like stuff, relationships. If for you're sure. afraid to commit to a picture, afraid to do this, afraid to finish it, not, don't, not really sure. It's really interesting. Well, it's so weird because there definitely, absolutely, what I've learned is, is that that is the case. But then there's also the part of the OCD that is hyper focus uh when i get when i have job stuff i get i just dig into it and go nuts and i re- ignore everything else i uh in- until everything's done like if i get started on a jigsaw puzzle it like even to, and that's not work but but <laughs> i just need to complete that i ca- i can't stop until it's done so so i would think that that would go oh if i yeah, I if I focus on this this relationship stuff, just work on it until it's done, you know. <laughs> but I guess it's it's not really like that. I'm also I'm also not crazy. I'm not a crazy person, so I know that you can't really do that. And there is no done, really. There is no done. But I would I would I would liken that a little bit to why I've never watched The Wire to your puzzle analogy, not so much the relationship analogy where I go, well, I don't if I start this thing, I know it's going to consume a very large portion of my life until I'm finished with it. Yeah. And I'm not ready to do that. <laughs> I'm not ready to do that yet. How many seasons? Seven! Seven and like how seven, many right? episodes? I don't know. Seven, what? Thir- how many? 13? There's got to be like 70 episodes. Maybe almost 80 episodes. How many episodes of The Wire, Katie? Somewhere between 70 and 80. Four, four seasons? I thought it was seven. Five seasons? That's doable. If only there was some... Start it tonight. Oh, shit. Don't do that to me. Don't do that to me. I didn't say anything. What? Did you hear that? I just feel like there was this voice that was saying I should start The Wire tonight. Is that The Wire talking? The Wire has become sentient. Yeah, five seasons, 60 episodes. 60 episodes. Okay. 12 episodes a season, 60 episodes. Okay, five. Still a lot. Still a lot. 60 episodes is... is that is a lot. Is a lot. Yeah. When I did the when I did the Breaking Bad after show, I rewatched the entire series up to that point, and that was like forty nine episodes or something. And it, I loved it, but it does like every free moment. Like, okay, I'm gonna watch this now. I mean, it really does take a lot. It's that's a the one show that I did. The, uh, uh, I started in probably as the fourth season was just starting. That was yeah. when I started watching it and just went nuts on it. It was such a great show, and I didn't get to see you were at the Hollywood Forever Cemetery, yes. right? I was gonna come that night, but I hadn't. I hadn't finished it yet, so... God, you're a guy I would be... I would be... I would... Vince... I feel like you could have popped up on that show. Vince loved, like, really smart, funny people on that show. Like, there were so many comedians on that show playing... Well, now you get... I mean... uh, Isn't he... uh, I don't know him super well, but I've met him twice or maybe three times. Vince Gilligan. Yeah. And what a tremendously Nicest awesome, guy. so great. Just so warm. And did you know him before that? Or no, I didn't know him until until that show. And then we, you know, we hung out a bit. And and 
just such a, I mean, like, he's such a sweet guy that you would never go, this guy created one of the greatest television shows in television history, and it would have this super dark arc to it. Like, he's such a sweet, you know, yeah. like, what's that guy do? Is he? And so is Brian Cranston. God, they're so they're, nice. And Aaron Paul. It's the all best. guys. Yeah. Yeah. They're just wonderful. The absolute best, because, like, you know, Aaron Paul, that guy has won Emmys. He could have totally, if he were a douchebag, people would be like, well, it sucks, but I get it. And yet, yeah. he's out there, like, in the crowds with the fans, like, raising money for charity, and he knows that people want to hear him say, magnets, bitch, and so he does it, and he takes the pictures, and, like, he's just, you can tell that they all care about the community of the show. Like, they yeah. care about it as much as we care about it. Yeah. Which is fucking amazing. Yeah. But now, um, I haven't seen Nebraska yet, but I I will see it, and I've heard nothing but amazing things about it and your performance in it. Oh, thank you. Is that, that's got to be super, I mean, like, to be able to show a different, you know? It, I, it has been the most exciting thing, because you, you just, I, I, I don't know how to express it very, very clearly, which is weird, because I've been, for the last two months, doing nothing, nothing but, but talking answering about questions about this, so I should have a, a more concise way to put this, but you just think you know where you where you're heading you know you did it it i i i would have never expected that somebody would give me a chance to do this i i'm so appreciative to alexander payne because it's it's i was i'm i just not a lot of people would have given me a chance to do something like this you know and and it was it was just he's an amazing guy who will yeah, I just am very appreciative. So it's it's been so much fun. Every part of it has just been exciting and and kind of terrifying and and uh, but 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 just wonderful. He's a guy that's pretty masterful at exposing sides of performers that you didn't that you didn't really know before. Like he yeah. sees things and he seems to really see things in people and and carves out. Like, did you ever see? Uh, did you ever see Parisia Tem that the, the the series? Oh, of- I didn't see that, but but I I have heard that his is is awesome. I mean, you know, they're all fun, and you know, a couple of them are like meh, but his it just you watch it and you just tears. It's so it's such a beautiful. It's Margot um, Martindale. Is it Margot Martindale? Yeah, I, which I, I haven't seen it, but I remember him talking. Oh about my it. god, it's short, so you could you could you don't have to watch the rest of Parisia. You could just watch <laughs> his. It's like ten minutes long, but it it just. Yeah, he's he does such an incredible job at just flipping over a rock and then just showing you something really beautiful. This is a yeah. bad way to describe this, but I don't it, it it so I'm I'm really excited to see your to see your movie. I'm and, excited for you to see it. I should have brought brought a screener for you. Fuck, bro. Why don't you fucking bring a screener for your bros? You got a bunch I, I of bros here. I thought here. you had seen it. <laughs> oh shit. I thought you'd seen <gasps> Are it, you bro. trying to outbro well, me right been, now? It's only been in the theaters here for 5 weeks. <laughs> I have not been in a movie theater in so No, long. I know. I'm the same way. I I I do not uh watch movies hardly ever. I went to a movie theater Sunday because it was Captain EO and I was at Disneyland. And I was <laughs> with a crew of people that had not seen Captain EO. I, oh, really? I warned them that it doesn't hold up, and they were still floored by how much it does not hold up. And <laughs> <laughs> the old other ones were like, what the fuck? And I go, I know I told you this, but it's, it's probably not going to be here for much longer, so you have to see it now. That is... Well, oh, you think they're going to get rid of it? Probably. I mean, how long can it be there? The theater was not full. Like, it was not a hard ride to get into, ride, attraction. 
but uh, yeah, it's that was the last. I, I I just I find that um, you know I just don't like oh I got to the theater but I got to do this thing and I that's I got to go park and then goes I mean like I it's dumb math that I'm doing in my head. Of course I could carve time to go out and see it, but no, I I know exactly what you mean. I I never have the time, but then I realize I spend so much time. I waste so much time doing like the the amount of time that I spend on the internet doing I should be returning emails because I <laughs> now I feel I feel very guilty for not returning emails so it would make me feel so much better if I just spent that time returning emails instead of just going down the 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 little internet uh, internet rabbit hole. holes yeah yeah well I think um that it's it's a good lesson that you're 43 and you've done this movie, which is this whole new chapter in your career. And yeah. when you were 25, you'd probably be like, 43? God damn it. What what porch am I going to be rocking on at 43? Who's going to want me then? Fuck 43. And then here you are. This is exactly proof that at 60 or 70 or maybe even 80, and then maybe it gets a little dicey, but uh, that life can still be surprising and fun and good and 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 fulfilling. No, I, I I absolutely agree. Like I I started SNL w- when I was r- relatively old, you know, thirty thirty two. I hadn't I hadn't been acting. I had just been writing. So to get to do that, and that was my dream job. So so I just didn't I didn't expect anything else. I mean, this is something I would have hoped for, but just never. This would have been too crazy a thing to even put on a dream wish list, you know. It, <laughs> it, it so so it was very exciting, and it's you know I think about the same thing for for Bruce. It's so exciting because he's such an amazing actor, and to to get, to get a role like this at the age of of seventy seven, it's so amazing. You know he he you know I I really hope people give him. You know, this guy should have been getting roles like this for, you know, all the time. So it's it's really exciting for him that you know to be to getting recognized for what an amazing job. You'll see, he's he's so good in this movie. He's so good, and he's and I've always really really loved him because he's such a an interesting actor. He's he's always uh, he's just very interesting in everything he's ever done. It, I I can't help but. Uh, gravitate towards towards him so it's but he's he's so different in this than anything he's ever done and and it's it's just i'm so happy that people are you're going to to, you're gonna go you're gonna end up going to the oscars next year i mean it there's this movie it it just has like every element you're like oh yeah this is a thing you know first of all it's a director that everyone loves it does amazing work the movie looks cool it's a cool quirky story uh, you're in it. No one's seen you do this kind of thing before, really. Bruce Dern is a guy. They're like, oh yeah, like it's sort of a. I don't want to say a comeback story because he's not like he ever really went away, but like a really to come back to a movie like this and this. I mean, like this is the exactly the yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, but I mean, but yeah, he's he's been acting in a bunch of stuff, but not a role like this. Like this is really like. This is a tour de force. This is where the Academy is like, yes, let us give this guy a thing or this movie. This, you're. Is that gonna be weird? You think it's gonna be weird to just go be like sitting at the Oscars and be like, "Oh, that's my that's my fucking movie." I, I, you know, who knows what happens? I with know, all that I know, stuff. I know. But, but it, you know, I, I just am really rooting for 
Bruce because he's just so good in this movie and he's become such a special part of my life. And, and I'm just, it's been so exciting how, how much recognition he's been getting because it's so deserved. Um, so I, you know, I hope it keeps going. I'm not going to jinx anything, no, no, but, of course, but I, you, you know, I would I, absolutely because I've, I've, you know, I've seen there are a lot of amazing acting performances this year, uh, but but God, he's he's so good in this movie, and and I just am am tickled for him that people are are are, you know, taking note of it. Well, it's I, I I'm I'm excited to. See. Are you working on anything else at the moment? Is there are you shooting anything at the moment? No. It's just been, I, I never realized how much, uh, you know, when I did MacGruber, we, we did like a five day stretch where we went to a different college town each night and then a weekend of, of press at a press junket and then a, a talk show or two. And this has just been so much traveling around to different, you know, months and months of, of doing regional visits and showing the movie and talking to press. I just never knew this level of promotion existed. Uh, so it's been exhilarating. It's been fun to, you know, I just, I'm, I still can't believe I got to be in this movie. So it's exciting to go around and show it to people and, and, uh, but it's, but it's also exhausting. So it's, it's, uh, (laughs) but I'm, you know, absolutely that, that is, uh, you know, I'm more than happy to, to, I, I just told them, you, whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. You know, I'm so thankful <laughs> that, you, that that you let me be in this movie. So, so uh, are you happy just being an actor? Do you want to? Do you want to like your next thing to be like? I want to write this thing and be in it. Uh I mean, I love I, the ideal would be to write something that you're in. But but actually, the older I get, the more I'm not having that uh, control freak stuff. So I feel I'm learning to trust other people. Um, and, and it's, it, so it's not as necessary for me before it was like, Oh, I gotta, I have to be in a situation where I get to control everything and I write it yeah. and I act and I get the editing decisions and, and you just, I don't know. It's not as important to me if, if I work with like Alexander Payne, how am I not going to trust every decision that guy makes? He's hey, just Alex, amazing. I have a couple of notes. <laughs> I have a couple of suggestions. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I, I would love to, to write and, and it, I think it'd be really fun to direct something, but, uh, but I'm, you know, that it's, it's, I got, I got a, a piles in my house that I got to sort through and I got to, you know, furnish my house and I got to, so there are a lot of things that I think should take priority over me worrying about <laughs> this other stuff. This summer, da, 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 da. a stitch in time saves nine. <laughs> da, 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 da. <laughs> She's tying that key to the kite. Audiences will be flawed. Gingerman Franklin was a stitch in. in wait, wait, wait. Say so the uh, a stitch in time. A stitch in time nine. saves nine. Yeah, that was Benjamin Franklin. Yeah, he put that in Poor Richard's Almanac. I, I, I gotta read Poor Richard's Almanac because there. I mean, there are so many things that 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 man has so many so many quotes and so many inventions and stuff. I know bifocal lenses, right? Oh, it, it's it's fucking ridiculous when you're like, and I mean, part of it is that they were sort of like people needed things. 
it's like it'd be very hard now to create that stuff because you would really have to have knowledge of like <laughs> really hardcore science to make anything. I mean, you would need like machines and you know back then like. Oh, I would be sure it'd be nice to be able to see far and near at the same time. Like he was, he was just creating these things that the world just needed at that time. Oh, I'll just put these. Oh, look at this. It's a new thing. He just took a hammer probably to a yeah. couple of pieces of the glass and just clink, clink. Oh, it was probably goddamn boring for him at a certain point. Oh, yeah, yeah, this clock, you can see the days. I get it. I know. You know, like every fucking day he was probably, <laughs> the world just needed so many things and he was just a guy that did that. Did that yeah. You know, whereas Edison like had an army of people working for him. But Franklin was just like a guy. He was just a fucking guy. That so was like, you're not a fan of Edison. You don't <laughs> think a, he was a great man? I think he was fine. He I was think fine. Edison was fine. I think, he, <laughs> you know, I think he was fine. But I think Franklin really was just a, you know, it seemed like a guy who could look in a room and go, oh, here's what you need. You need to put a leg right. I don't know if he talked that way. Let's just say that he did. <laughs> in between, by the way, having sex with scores of ladies at the same time. Did you see the John Adams miniseries that, uh, Paul Giamatti uh, did. I'm a girl. Gosh, I'm a girl. Everything is spoken <laughs> on the side. I'm I a... love that. Yeah. It was so great. He was. And and, and it, he probably invented bifocal so he could stare at the vagina in front of him and the ones walking Gross. way across the room. What? Gross. Or men's butts, too, because okay, it's now all Okay, you're talking my yeah, language. Speaking the language. While he was, <laughs> while he invented an, a nut cereal to eat on his front porch. <laughs> he would have done that. Uh, yes, yeah, so Benjamin Franklin coming to theaters next summer, um, directed by Michael Bay. Ooh. That's sweet in the pot? I, yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't even have thought of him. <laughs> I don't know who I would have thought for to direct it, but he seems like a good choice. Because <laughs> I feel like I'll, I'll, I would make it real dialogue-y. And I, he would he would put some oomph into it and robots. And I think it needs some oomph. Benjamin yeah. Franklin needs some. I don't yeah. know how you would create massive explosions in colonial America, but he no. Will but find it doesn't have way. to be. It's not. Clo- this is not Benjamin Franklin. It's Benjamin. Oh, so she's yeah. Okay, right. Right. She right, just looks right. like him. I mean, she dresses like like him also in like kind of even easier frocks, uh, manly frocks. <laughs> she does have the tri- male pattern pattern baldness <laughs> she also. Has to. She yeah. has to. Yeah. <laughs> but big boobs. <laughs> Is she pear shaped like Franklin? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, this is this is for a second. If you weren't wearing your glasses, you would think Benjamin Franklin just walked into the. <laughs> You're like, look at the sweet cans on Benjamin Franklin. <laughs> yes. No, that's Benjamin Franklin. <laughs> I love this idea, uh, and I have. This has been a really, really great chat. We tried. We talked for almost an hour and a half. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah. It was a fucking good chat, we man. We did it. It was it was nice. It was I, nice hanging I, out. I ran into you like a year and a half ago. I was like, oh, you know, I'd love to have you on the podcast. And you're like, yeah, yeah, I'd love, I would love to. And then schedules, and it just gets hard and so on. But I'm glad that it finally worked Oh, yeah, I out. remember. We were down at, at the- By, uh, At the GE building, yeah. G4. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we're at G4 building. Um, but uh, yeah, but, you know, come back anytime you want. And, you know, if you, I don't know. I would love it. Hang out. Hang out. Sounds good. All right. Uh, thanks for being here, Will Forte. Thank you. Enjoy burrito, everyone. Now leaving Nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito. I feel like I was blindsided. Because it's a competition show. From the producers of Jury Duty and The Bachelor. We have scoured the earth for the 14 greatest reality contestants that were available during our production window. 
becomes a reality competition show about reality competition shows. Nobody has dared to find out who is the actual best at just being on a reality show. I'm your host, comedian Daniel Tosh. Is win or go home. Each episode, our contestants will face new challenges that will test their strength and lack of life skills for a chance to win $200 million. $200,000. Prepare, because it's about to be ugly crying. Lots of fighting. Tasha, I have to defend myself. Celebrating 25 years of reality TV with your favorites. I have diarrhea. You cannot do this to me. What in gay hell have I got myself into? The GOAT. Stream free on Amazon Freeview or Prime Video.